welcome to Emmaus. If you missed last week's message, want to re-listen, or you're just tuning in, we hope this recording is a blessing to you. As always, you can find out more about Emmaus at peacechurch.cc slash youngadults. Thank you. So, I was on the spring break trip for high school ministry. Some of you guys were on that trip as well. It was very fun. It was obviously a great trip. Um, basically, it's we take a bunch of high schoolers, we read the Bible on a beach. It's phenomenal. Um, and I was one of the people that w- would film most of the people throughout the week. Uh, so I wasn't caught on camera much, but uh, there was this one moment uh, that a leader uh, caught me on a, with a picture without me knowing, and it was a bit of a, a moody moment, um, but this is me. They caught me having my own little moment on the beach. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember what I was thinking in this moment, but I do remember feeling close to the Lord in that moment, um, and I think we all have moments like these where we feel a closeness to God's presence, like Elijah hearing the whisper of the Lord. And most of them don't get photographed. Because if we were trying to get a picture of it, it would be defeating the purpose. It would be kind of counterintuitive to the the holiness of the moment. But today's Bible study is about one of these moments where two souls encounter Jesus in a holy moment And in God's grace and in God's wisdom, we have that moment captured in the very words of Scripture. So, in the story we know as the road to Emmaus, at a a dinner table, in the breaking of bread, two disciples encounter Jesus. So that's what we're going to read about. And I'm going to read, I'm just going to read the whole passage. And then we're going to focus in on just three particular verses in it. But uh, if you have your Bible, you can follow along. Otherwise, you can just listen to my voice. <clears throat> Luke twenty four thirteen through 35. That very day, the day that they found an empty tomb, that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So this passage uh, is very special to me uh, for a mix of reasons. Um, It was one of the first times I spoke. um, Some of you guys might have even been on this trip. I think it was four to five years ago, but it could not have been that long ago. But it was was a fall revival. Yeah, so it was. Fall revival. Um, If you were in high school then, we did a fall revival high school trip on this passage on the road to Emmaus and it was one of the first messages I ever spoke um, for Peace Church in a formal capacity so it was really sweet. Um, So it's not just special to me though. I know it's special. It's very meaningful to all of us for lots of reasons. Uh, It actually helped inspire our vision for this very Tuesday night Bible study as we walk together and see Jesus as we walk together through life. And we see in this story, we see two souls, one named Cleopas The other is unnamed. It's either a friend of his or his wife. And they are walking and they are amazed by the news of an empty tomb. They know the news of an empty tomb and they're amazed by it. But in all their amazement, they didn't know the risen Jesus. In all their amazement, they didn't know the risen Jesus. And then they encounter the risen Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And that phrase, road to Emmaus, is very popular. At at least that's the header of most of our Bibles for this passage. And I I asked an AI generator to make some art of this passage. And this is some of, I got three things that I thought were pretty cool. Um, There's this one. Like like the computer generated this image and all I typed in was the road to Emmaus. I might have actually typed it. I like Rembrandt. I typed in the road to Emmaus styled by Rembrandt. And this is what it came up with. Uh, this is another thing it came up with. You can, if you look closely, you can tell, like, okay, a computer made this because those aren't real faces. It's really freaky. But here's another one that came up. I just thought this one was cool. The breaking of bread. So we know this story. It gives us different visuals, different things we can think about. It, we, we, we all notice different things every time we read it out loud. There's different things that kind of pop up in our head as we read it. And uh, there's something that I just, I couldn't get past as I recently read it, and I want to talk about it tonight. Um, these two disciples, they saw Jesus, but they didn't see Jesus. They saw Jesus, but they didn't see, they didn't realize that it was Jesus. They didn't realize that Jesus was in front of them. They didn't see or realize the hope that was in front of them. They didn't realize the joy that was in front of them. The victory, the freedom, the purpose, the forgiveness, the love, and the grace that was in front of them. 
And I grew up around Christians. I grew up around the church. I grew up around Jesus. And yet I didn't see Jesus. I didn't realize the good news, even though I had heard it. I didn't realize Jesus until I believe I was, I was 16. These disciples were walking with Jesus, literally discussing the gospel. And yet they didn't see the news as good news. And how many in our lives, how many people in our lives know the name Jesus, but they don't know Jesus? And I just want to focus in on that holy moment where these disciples truly saw their Savior, not for who they thought this man was, not for who they thought Jesus was, but for who Jesus truly is. In verses 30, 31, and 35, they all, each one of these verses capture that moment. It says, when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. And then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. Just kind of taking this bit by bit, it says, when he was at table with them. That's not a typo in our Bibles. It's not supposed to say he was at the table with them. It actually says he was at table with them. It's a Greek idiom. Um, We don't really use it, uh, but it is intentionally translated that way. I think it's similar to when we say, like, well, we're at lunch. We're at breakfast. We're not actually at a place called lunch or at a place called breakfast. We're at a mealtime, you know, or we say, I'm on lunch, on my lunch. We're not, like, physically on lunch, but we're on our lunch. So it's just, it's another version of like an idiom similar to those things, at table. And the idiom is trying to say, gathered around together over a meal. They're around a table together. They're at table. And then it says, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. He takes the bread in kind of a formal step that would be taken during a meal. Similar to during Thanksgiving, there's a step in the meal where someone grabs the knife and they cut the turkey and that's like a formal, recognized part of the meal. Um, At a meal, someone grabs the bread, they pray, they break it for the meal to begin. They begin the meal. And Jesus was, he was ushering in the start of a meal with a blessing and then he gave them the bread. And it's at that point that it says, and their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and then he vanished from their sight. So Jesus made himself known to them. Jesus made himself known to them. And in the very moment that they recognized him, remember who we're talking about? It's the Son of God. He does what he wants. The moment they recognize who it is, it disappears. We're talking about Jesus, so he can do that, and he does it. He disappears, and these disciples, this whole time, they physically saw Jesus, but they couldn't spiritually see Jesus, and in the very moment that they spiritually see Jesus, they can't physically. It's a beautiful moment, beautiful contrast. It says, then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. In that moment that they see him, really see him, disappears, 
they run immediately to tell others. And that's just a good reminder for all of us that when God moves in our lives, we should tell someone. And not anyone, but they go and t- they tell Christians, they tell lovers of Jesus, they tell followers of Jesus. He was made known to them in the breaking of bread. In the context of community, in the context of relationship. And I think few things do relationship and community better than a meal. And that's what we see. I think it's awesome that these two encountered Jesus through a meal. And I don't want to make any conclusive comments about evangelistic methodology, about what's the best methodology and how to evangelize, but um, I don't want to do that because God saves people in various ways. He always and only saves people through the gospel. But God can use us in various ways of doing that. And it's sometimes through impersonal means like street preaching or some online video. Like that person does not know who you are, yet they're just preaching the gospel and you hear it and you get saved. Or also it's through personal, warm, consistent, over the long haul friendships. But I think any way that God wants to use the gospel to save is beautiful. I just love, there's something in particular cool about this picture, seeing the gospel in the context of a prayer before a meal. I think it's really cool. But the last thing that I, th- I want to point out is this, that Jesus ushered in the start of a meal with a blessing and then he gave them the bread. But the meal between the three of them never happens. The meal that he started between the three of them does not take place. He vanishes. He starts the meal, gives them the bread, and then leaves. Think about who we're dealing with. We're dealing with the God, God the Son, the great I Am, the way, the truth, and the life, the good shepherd, Emmanuel. He is Prince of Peace. He is Light of the World. He is the true vine. He is the bread of life. The bread of life gave bread to these disciples. Jesus wasn't starting a meal, but he was saving their souls. He gave them broken bread to help them realize that he had already given them broken bread on the cross. This is my body, which is broken for you. So not only should this remind us of the significance of communion, it should remind us of the significance that communion can and should have for us when we take the broken bread. It reminds us of Jesus, but I also think that it should, it should be that much more of an encouragement to us to pray before our meals because that's what Jesus does and it saves them. Not because we have to but because it is a beautiful way to remember Jesus. These disciples were literally saved by a customary prayer before a meal So don't ever underestimate what God can do through a seemingly small task for those around you and for you.
do not underestimate those seemingly small steps of faith because God can do incredible things through them. So I want us to go in our discussion groups and think about some of these questions. Number one, what do you think of bread? I love bread. I once had a diet where I couldn't eat bread and it was fine because I got to eat a lot of meat, but I love bread. Some of us can't eat bread. We have to eat different types of bread. Talk about that. Um, (laughs) Number two, did your family pray at meals growing up? In what context? Did that ever happen? Did you see that happen? Read those three verses. Ask what sticks out to you because, again, things different. Every time we go to it, different things stick out. What questions come up? Uh, What does this passage tell you about Jesus? One of the most beautiful things we can ask when we go to a text. Uh, And then these last two questions I really like. Discuss what it looked like for these two disciples to trust in Jesus. Was it a slow process? Was it instantaneous or was it a mixture of both? And then lastly, what was it like for you to trust in Jesus? And what does it look like for you as you continue trusting in Jesus with your life? So we're going to spend about 30 minutes um, discussing these and then I'll um, ask you guys to share prayer requests after we discuss it. So let's go into a time of Bible study together.